Hey, hey, Husker and Creighton fans, it's the Half Court Press Podcast, Sam McEwen along with Wilson Moore on a Wednesday, Stony Brook Wednesday, Wilson, got a game tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, hard doing this over Zoom, not in the office today, but yeah, uh, Nebraska's uh, kind of light non-conference uh, slate continues, uh, Lindenwood, Florida A&M, Ryder, now Stony Brook tonight. What have the meals been like so far at PBA? The pregame meals. What, oh, they, they've been they've been great. Um, I I had heard from a couple people um, going into this that that was the best media food uh, the University of Nebraska had to offer was at a uh, PBA, and it, it's delivered. Last week or uh, two nights ago, um, Monday it was uh, pulled pork sandwiches, coleslaw. It was uh, and spaghetti and meatballs. Uh, last week it's been a. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's been two thumbs up so far. That's good. How do you think the – so you've watched three games. What do you think of the basketball so far? They've won um, They've won two games real handily, and then, you know, they struggled a little bit against Ryder, but not a ton. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think we saw that they can win in different ways. I think we saw this as the potential to be a very good defensive basketball team, particularly against Ryder. You know, they were, they were not good offensively. Fred Hoiberg said as much. Well much after the game they struggled from the outside they had a lot of kind of trying to uh uh put a, a a square peg into a round hole you know taking the ball to the basket when Ryder was collapsing on it on everything but um you know they did enough and there will be days like that you know and uh, especially in the um in the early season non-conference part of the season where a team shows up and you know you're just not making shots things aren't at a hundred percent offensively. And when you can win that game, you know, by 14 points and they went on a 17 0 run at one point, kind of put it away. Ryder went nine minutes without making a basket. When you can do that in a game where you're not at your best offensively, um, that's, that's a good thing for Nebraska. With that said, you know, if, if they play like that offensively in a big 10 game, that's, they're not going to win that, but you know, I mean, it's, it's November. Um, we've seen, you know, we've seen a couple different kind of sides of the, of this team and, you know, three wins so far. So it's hard to, uh, at this point in the season, you know, question the results. Yeah. Speaking of Big Ten, so uh, two of Nebraska's upcoming opponents played each other last night, Creighton and Iowa. And what I would describe as a fun game, 92-84, uh, Blue Jays. I was impressed with, uh, with what Creighton did in some areas. I think I think the first half wasn't as good as it could have been. I think in the second half they played, they had some extraordinary stretches uh, in the second half and then toward the end of the game. One of the things that I've learned covering covering sports, I'm not a college athlete, but I, you get a sense of like watching these things. When a team decides they've won the game and there's still four and a half minutes left, that's a dangerous time. Because what they've determined is, hey, we're a better team. So we just like the game to end now. And then Iowa made some shots, you know, and, and made it interesting at the end. But it was really about a 12 to 14 point game that that got a little tight late, uh, you know, and 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 Creighton won by eight. But but it was it was that was about the correct spread it was about 12. I think I, I think Creighton went into the game as a 12 and a half point favorite, something like that. That was about right. Um, you watched the game last night. Nebraska does not look like they would beat those two teams right now, dude, does it? No. I, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, those were two talented teams, two teams that can fly up and down the court. That was one thing yeah. that struck me, is just how fast that game 
that game moved. Um, yeah, I, um, I think you could tell uh, Creighton just had a little more. Creighton had a little more juice. Um, you know, which especially you know, especially in those last you know kind of four minutes as I was making you know that late push made it kind of interesting. They just Creighton was so good offensively. Iowa just couldn't get the stops they were going to need to to get back into that game, and that was what really stood out to me. One thing I'll say is that both Creighton and Iowa basically went into the game with an understanding they were going to get up and down the floor. Right? Yeah. Those two coaches are friends. They've, they've played each other before. So I, I, one thing I will say is that Nebraska would not would not enter into that general gentleman's agreement. Um, there would have been a time early in Fred Hoiberg's tenure when they would have. And they would have said, well, yeah, let's let's fly up and down the court. You guys will win by 19 and we'll have a good time. Nebraska's changed who it is. It's changed its DNA. Uh, and, of course, it swept Iowa last year, a team that most people would say is more talented than this Iowa team. But what I struck me last night, a couple things on the Creighton front. One, you know, I they do play a little bit more open than they did even last year. Now, Ryan Emhard was really fast and gets up and down the floor and, and is doing that for Gonzaga. I don't know what he did last night, but he had a really good first game. But, you know, this this is an offense that will throw it down the floor. They will pass it, skip pass it, get out in front. They're already playing the angles, you know, three seconds into a possession. You know, I'm not talking a steal above the three-point line, but a carom off the rebound, one pass, two pass, shoot. And um, that's a little different than they had last year. It's more like what they had four or five years ago. And, you know, Shireman, I think Baylor Shireman looks like a different player. Maybe he shaved a little bit of weight. I don't know. He shaved his head. Uh, but he just looks different. I think he's going to benefit most from this kind of structure um, because he can get out and hit shots early. And it's not a lot of half-court structure. A lot of time with Nemhard, it's he's going to get the ball. People are going to throw it to him. He's going to dribble down the floor. He's going to get about four feet away from the rim. Then he's going to pull it out. Then they're going to run half-court offense. Then they have to decide what they want to do. You know who that benefited? Kalkbrand. And I think he's still working through this. Now he now in the second half, I thought Kalk played really well. Um, really well. Like he ran the floor, got a couple of, you know, beat either Cricky or somebody else down the floor from Iowa. And that that's the Kalk Britter that, you know, you guess to have to see in the NBA. Because you get in you get in the NBA and the defenses are too good. Kalkbrenner's not gonna get, you know, lobs at the rim or he's gonna dunk. He's gonna have to run the floor. He's gonna have to make threes. And so like some of what we saw in the second half is the Kalkbrenner that I think he could be. In the first half, they were struggling to get get him the ball. They were doubling him, you know, or they were bringing a second guy down, uh, creaking him back, somebody else in front. And it's just hard to get him the ball. And he can't, you know, he's still not comfortable with the three-point shot because he turned a couple down. Uh, so that's an area where he's still kind of growing. But I thought Nebraska – I'm sorry, I thought Creighton did a really good job of just spreading the floor – getting some early threes. And then once you're able to spread a team out a little bit, it's not unlike football. Then all of a sudden you got your run game. And I've always called the run game basically getting to the rim. And once you spread everybody out, then Trey Alexander can go to work. You know, and he can go, he can go right up the gut of a defense. I thought he did a nice job. Got even better in the second half, but he I thought he did a really nice job of, of making a number of those things happen. Um, what'd you think of Iowa? Um, they were intriguing. Um, yeah. kind of a different, you know, different Iowa team. You know, the Murrays are gone. Um, Connor McCaffrey, McCaffrey's gone. Um, 
I hadn't seen a whole lot of Ben Cricky up to this point. You know, didn't watch a ton of Valpo basketball last year. Um, he's got a real kind of old school game, you know, kind of uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, you know, mid, mid range. And, you know, I know those aren't, those aren't really the high efficiency shots, but when you make them like he does and what he appears capable of doing, they are, they are for him. I'm really interested. Right. I mean, looking at this from a Nebraska perspective, he and Rink Mast are is, is going to, those two will be a really interesting uh, matchup for me, both with, you know, kind of their stylistic differences and similarities and how they play and just, you know, narrative wise, two guys from the MVC now and, now in the Big Ten, Iowa was interesting. I think they, uh, I thought they played as well as they could have against a team as good as Creighton. They, I thought they hung with them about as well as could have been reasonably expected of them. So I think those are all really good analytical points. One thing I'll say is that Creighton's going to accept, and I mean, they almost lost, I guess. They didn't almost lose. Um, they didn't. They, they control the entire second half. Creighton's going to accept a team that wants to shoot 15-foot to 18-foot jumpers all night long. If they make a lot of them, great. But there were key moments in the second half where the, where I was either trading the two for the three or they were trading a miss two for a three. And um, so Creighton runs that, what they call that drop coverage, where Kalkbrenner's going to sink to the rim. He's going to protect the rim. He's not going to give you the 75% shot, but he'll give you the 48% shot from 16 feet, and Cricky made a lot of it. I don't know that Nebraska will give that shot. Um, I don't know. Um, we'll have to see how it all kind of plays out. I know that Nebraska has been very comfortable doubling the post at Iowa and letting those guys shoot threes and and kind of saying, okay, well, if you hit them tonight, if you hit 14 of these tonight, you're going to beat us. If you hit four, we'll win. And they've done that a couple of times successfully under Hoiberg, um, twice, actually. And then last year, they went into Carver Hawkeye and just outgunned them. And they just hit a bunch of shots and, and beat them. That's the third time that Hoiberg's beaten McCaffrey. So there's some of that for sure there, this this notion of like, we're going to give you that shot. If that's what you're going to make tonight, we're not going to give you the three easy, and we're not going to give you the at the rim. And eventually, Iowa missed some. And then Creighton went, went down and, and, and hit shots. Um, what I'll say is that's the best Patrick McCaffrey's ever played. I don't know what he had last Right. What do you have? That's the best ball game I've seen him play. Uh, what were his numbers? I'll have to look it up. Um, but I thought he played outstanding and, and he, he got it at the rim, right? He like, he got it. He got it right there at the rim. He was, he had 13, three assists, two blocks, two steals. Best basketball game he's played. And he's playing really well this year. And I don't know if it's that his brother's gone or whatever it is, but this guy is, I mean, that, that, that's a different player. Cricky won't get that every night. And their guard play is just so-so. And you kind of saw that as the game went on. Like, yeah. I think Nebraska can get into the gills of that backcourt and can make some things happen. Now, they're young. The Harding kid's good. He's, he's a rookie. Um, they've, got some, they've got some pieces in the backcourt, but they don't, they're going to have to lean a lot on Patrick McCaffrey and Cricky, I think. And then one of the Sanfords, the older one, Peyton, he can shoot the three for sure. Um, yeah, uh, I thought I thought Creighton played, you know, in the second half, played about as good as it could for certain stretches. That's Creighton basketball, you know. Yeah. They get stops, they hit threes, they run out, Colt gets two jams, 
you know, building goes wild. It's a tough place to play and a tough place to win. And it was a big day for the Big East. I don't know if you watched the, the previous two games. Marquette's just better than Illinois. Yeah, I thought Illinois played well in that game. I think similar to what I was saying about Iowa, I thought Illinois played about as well as it could have and made that as close as they could have against. Maybe uh, Coleman Hawkins can play better than that. Yeah, I think Coleman Hawkins is the is the is the player on that team that whether they win big games or they lose them, it's not Shannon, it's Hawkins, and he missed some shots. I think Brad Underwood probably walked out that core going, you know, damn it, we should have won. Like I, I just don't think Illinois thinks of it that way. I think they're like. We should not lose unless we're playing on the road and we're playing a really good team. Like, I don't think Illinois thinks about losing games to number four Marquette. I'm sure they had designs on winning that game by 10. They didn't. And then Wisconsin got run off the court. Oh, yeah. Now, that happens sometimes up there. Regardless, and now I know they got Kimmy English up there, but that happened a lot under Ed Cooley where Providence was just run somebody off the court. I mean, it was... They had a crowd. They'd win by 24. I mean, Wisconsin didn't look like they were. But you know what? That's the Wisconsin that I've known for the last four or five years. That team doesn't go places to win big games. They win at home. They'll go They'll go early in the season, and they'll win a, what do you call it, a, a neutral site game in Hawaii or the Bahamas. They don't win the big ones on the road. They just don't do it. Do you watch that? Is Wisconsin, your family is Wisconsin alums? Yep, yep, I did. I watched. I watched like, I watched the first half. I, uh, I knew it was a, it was a, it was a long evening of Big Ten basketball ahead of me. You know, I think that game started at like five. So, so you know, don't don't burn myself out on Wisconsin Providence when the, uh, uh, when the final result is guaranteed by halftime. So I watched. Uh, I watched a chunk of that, and then uh, tuned back in for Illinois Marquette and uh, Creighton Iowa. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I'm gonna look at their schedule here real quick. I don't know what they're doing playing some of the games playing. I I I don't think they're good. Um, they think they're good, obviously. <laughs> but I mean, help me out here, Wilson. Help me out. Just help me out. What what in the hell are they doing playing UVA, SMU, West Virginia, Marquette? Well, they're playing Marquette every year. In Arizona, what are they doing? That's a feels like a lot. That's a lot of faith in like oh, Connor Asijan yeah. making the leap and yeah. Stephen Crowell progressing. They're just it's kind of. I mean, felt I like think I just I think I just rattled off. Let's see, they already have two losses. They played a tennis. They played Tennessee. Yep. I think I think I just rattled off three, four, five, six lot. I don't know what they're doing. They could be five and six going to the Big Ten. I anyway. Let's move on to Nebraska Creighton women's basketball. You can ask any questions you want here. Uh they renew their rivalry on Sunday. And Nebraska's shorthanded. Uh they are going into this one most likely without Jazz Shelley. She injured her ankle last uh last night in the game early. Maybe she can play Sunday. I don't think you want to hobble Jazz Shelley playing great i think you want a healthy one a healthy jazz shelly i don't think you want a hobbled one so like if she can only go out there and play 50 percent, she's not a post <laughs> so you know creighton has a does a lot of stuff outside the arc i don't think you can be a quarter step slow against what creighton does on offense so 
I think it would be iffy to see if Jazz can play. And, of course, Annika Stewart, she could play. Uh, she's day-to-day. She's a post. So maybe you can get, you know, seven to ten minutes from her. Maddie Kroll's been out. And then uh, and then Allison Weiner obviously is hurt. So it's a little bit shorthanded. As I wrote in my midweek column today, I don't know that it's um, completely impossible to beat Creighton if Jazz Shelley doesn't play. Uh, I think they can win it. I think they've got a couple of defensive players they didn't have last year, Darian White and Natalie Potts. I think those players will give Creighton trouble. And uh, we'll see. You know, we'll just have to we'll just have to assess it. Not that Jazz isn't the Jazz is the best player on the team, to be clear. She has not played great against Creighton, and Creighton is not a team that is easy for a player like Jazz to play well against. They're uh they, they play a certain kind of defense and you, you uh, they're well coached and well conceived and they would take jazz away uh, and they you know they they forced jazz into some tough shots the last two years but she hadn't made a lot of them and there are a lot of them were far out 23 24 foot shots and they're just uh they're challenging in that way and the the best way to beat creighton is to have some of the players that i think actually nebraska has in daring white and natalie Potts, uh defensive minded players players who can get deflections slow Creighton's offense down. Um, they're going to have to get a good game from Alexis Markowski, who's got maybe the toughest assignment of the bunch. Alexis will have to cover Emma Ronsick, who has who has had good games against Nebraska and is just a hard cover. She's 6'2", from Sioux Falls, where you're going this weekend, and uh, can shoot the three, can come out, she can, she, can, she can screen. She's just a really, really good player. And then you that doesn't even start with Morgan Maui, who will probably be covered by Potts and can do a lot of things. I mean, she can she can post up, she can uh she can jab step you, she can back you down, a lot of things that Morgan can do. She's she's an elite player. And probably a you know, maybe a second or third team all American candidate. So Morgan's a tough one to stop. I like Creighton in this game. I think they got a better team. I think they got better starters. And uh we'll see. You know, Nebraska has only won one of these games since Amy Williams has been the coach. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, th- I think you kind of laid out the uh, the roadmap for how Nebraska wins this if it does, which is a kind of, you know, grittier, tougher game, you know, a not not a particularly pretty game, but, you know, a game where, like, uh, Darian White and Natalie Potts are able to kind of disrupt things. You know, I don't think, um, I don't think Nebraska wins a sprint against Creighton. You know, I think it's it has to be. You know, if they win, it'll be because they kind of slowed it down, played good defense, and uh, made it. You know, limited the possessions. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Creighton's number twenty-two in the country. That's 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 one of their their large non-conference games off a good crowd on Sunday uh for that one uh Gerald Starhandle covering that one from a writing perspective okay let's talk about Nebraska now uh Casey's back Jawan Gary will be back presumably it's been a little vague um yeah who knows um we'll keep asking about him and yeah, well, uh, it was a violation of team rules and maybe the team yeah. rules has an expiration date yeah. Um, Ramel R- 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 Lloyd is back, assuming his dad's tweet this morning was uh, was accurate. Um, okay. 
So it'll be hard for Ramel to find a spot in the lineup. Yeah, yeah. I'm, we'll we'll get to that, but yeah, I, it's um, gonna be hard. Things, yeah. things gonna be gotta be helped. Yeah. No. Thing doesn't wait for anybody. So let's talk about the the, the rotation. Pretty much everybody's back except for Blaze Key to them. Yeah. Am, I, am I forgetting someone? I don't think I am. No, you can't play them all. Fred said it. Now Fred Fred doesn't usually say stuff like that, but he said it in the press conference, right? You just can't do yeah. that. Yeah. Um. So what do you think it looks like? What? Who do you think that? I don't know. Let's say they could go to ten. Oh, no, I'm sorry, nine. Who are the nine? Do you think? Um. Well, I think based on what we saw against Ryder, Eli Rice appears to be kind of appears to be the guy whose lim- whose minutes got limited um, mm-hmm. with Casey coming back. Um, played a little bit in the first half, knocked down a corner three pointer. Um, the knock on him has always just been he can score, he can make shots, he's got to defend at a more consistent level than he has these first couple couple of games and he was the guy who I don't have his numbers up front of him but he after being a pretty regular in the rotation the first two games he did not play quite as much so I see him as kind of the odd man odd man out at this point um as for who who the nine are um so you got your starting five from the other day of Tomanaga, Lawrence, Williams, Alec Mast, CJ Wilcher is probably was very good as the uh, sixth man. Um, you figure when Gary's back, he will be in there. He might be possibly starting. Um, I think he brings a kind of similar skill set to Alec. It's kind of defense, physicality, rebounds. Um, uh, that's seven. Um, I feel like I'm missing some obvious ones here. Sam Hoiberg will um, play as the kind of defense energy guy. And okay, we're at eight. Maybe Boogie yet? Boogie Coleman. Boogie. Okay, yes, and and Boogie. Yes, I I think the I think those are the nine. Um, Rice is a guy with a ton of potential, and um, you know, I don't think it's like this crazy notion to think over the course of the year he could play his way into more minutes, especially if he gets better defensively. But I think for now, that's uh, um. Those would be the kind of main guys that are going for nine man rotation. So, one thing, a couple, couple things here. One, you know, Eli Rice, um, can he drop? Can he go buy anybody? Uh, we haven't, not sure we've seen it yet. We've seen some athleticism, but I don't know how like applied it is. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Um, so, yeah, Casey obviously is going to be part of it. When you go through the minutes, you see that there's there's nine guys averaging double-digit minutes, and Coleman's one of them. I'm sorry, Rice is one of them, but Juwan Gary will return, and then he becomes the nine. Maybe you go up to ten. I don't really know. Um, I think one of the questions with Rice is just, okay, yes, defense, you know, defense but can he, get, can he get by people? Like, you're playing a team like Ryder. Is that team – you know, I mean, they're going to come out and guard you. And, yeah, you can run to a spot. And guys were running to spots and shooting threes. But, you know, could Rice, Rice dribble by them? Uh, C.J. Wilcher's dribble game has gotten better. It just has. And I, I, I would almost make the argument. He's been the best player on the team so far this year. Very close to it. 
rank man. I, I don't. I don't think that's. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think rank CJ, and uh, I mean Jamarcus Lawrence is selfless, yeah. but he isn't making shots yet. I mean, no, Jamarcus Lawrence is not going to. He's not going to make eighteen percent of his threes this season, but he needs to not make eighteen point. You know, percent of his threes. He's not making shots yet. He needs to make shots. Right now, he's hitting twenty one percent from the floor. And that, that's that's something that needs to get worked out. Bryce Bryce needs to get worked out. He needs to finish better at the rim. And he's shooting, let's see here. Well, he's shooting okay from three. He's 38% from there. Wilcher is 40, 43%. And that's kind of where they hoped he would be uh, last year. And he was not. Uh, and we'll see if that, if that part continues. Um, It'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, defense is super important. And some of those guys that I just rattled are, aren't elite defenders. Jamal Gary is. So he's going to play. And I guess we'll see what what uh, what happens from there. What can you tell me, to end this off, what can you tell me about Oregon State? Oregon State, they're, um, you know, they'll be Nebraska's first real test. And by real, I mean, you know, like a high major school. Um they were not fantastic last year. That might be, that might be underselling it, but um, they um, you know, it'll be the first. It'll be their first, not Nebraska's first time playing. You know, guys who were recruited by you know similar school schools to them. I think it's there's a um interesting setting that it'll be in South Dakota, um, which I understand often ends up being effectively a home game for. Uh, Nebraska, still a weird place for Oregon State to go, but I think uh, that'll be the first, um, you know, assuming uh, they don't, uh, Nebraska doesn't fall flat on its face against Stony Brook tonight. This will be the first kind of real major test, first time where we'll really learn something about this Nebraska team, I think. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, let me see if I've got this right. Oregon State went to the Elite Eight as a 12 yeah. seed three years ago. And when you look at the guys that they had on that team, there was a lot of, there was a lot of seasoning. There was a lot of experience. Um, they were playing a bunch of guys. They weren't a high scoring team that year, but they won a lot of games close and they beat Tennessee and Oklahoma state. They beat Loyola, which I believe beat Illinois in the second, the second round. And then they lost by six to Houston, who then went on to the final four. Kind of a defensive-minded team. That was in 21. And then the next year, they went three and 28. <laughs> they didn't have a lot left. So they lost some guys. Some guys left. Um, you know, their their defense fell apart. They didn't really stop anybody. And then next, then last year, they uh, – they kind of hit the reset button, right? Yeah. And they, they played a bunch of freshmen. And the freshmen were pretty good. And they went 11 and 21. And now this year, those freshmen are sophomores. Jordan Pope, Tyler Billadell. I don't really know how to say his last name. Christian Wright, Casey Ibekwe. They're all sophomores. And uh, it seems like a pretty good team. Like, even though their record last year was not anything to write home about. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a transitional year, like you said, last year. Um, and, you know, very, uh, it's, it's different from uh, from Nebraska, a team that has really, you know, built through the portal over these past few few years. It's kind of, you know, a longer term, more gradual, holistic approach. And, yeah, I, I'm not, has Oregon State played anyone this year? Notable? Well, I can't think off the top of my head. They've won two, or, they've won two, they've won two uh, overtime games. They beat Troy. 81-80 in two OTs, and they beat Appalachian State 81-71 in one OT, and then they beat Linfield, which is a school in Oregon. So, no. Yeah. So, similar to Nebraska's uh, early season schedule at this point? Oh, I'd say yes. I mean, I think Troy is probably better than any team that Nebraska's played up to this point. Yeah. Uh, usually teams in, in the Sun Belt are more competitive than than Ryder is in the first two teams Nebraska played for obviously competitive at all. So um yeah, yeah, I'd say the Sun Belt is a little tougher, but and then I think Appalachian State's in the Sun Belt too. Uh yeah. Know, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Not really. No. But you know, they've got they've got, like you said, high major players in it, you know. They were in the NCAA tournament three years ago, and they went a long way in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, there's there's some institutional fortitude there. Not really sure why they're playing Nebraska in South Dakota. Let me see. Let me look at their roster and see if somebody is from South Dakota. Maybe, that's, maybe that would explain it. Nope. No one is. So, there you go. Just making a trip out to Sioux Falls. Saw the opportunity to play in the Sanford Pentagon and took it. It's that's what it was. I'm guessing somewhere in there there might be a, a trip to Oregon State, Nebraska's future, and maybe an Oregon State trip to Nebraska. I, I don't. Know. They played. You know, the two teams played each other in a home and home series back when um, Craig Robinson was head coach. Because Craig yeah. Robinson, the brother of uh, First Lady Michelle Obama. So they had a they had a I think Doc was there I can't remember it was a long time ago uh Doc or Tim early Tim Miles era maybe it was old late Doc era they played Oregon State won one lost one Oregon State wasn't very good so and then Tickle I believe took over for Robinson and then I think his son was on their first NCAA team uh so they've been to the NCAs twice under Wayne Tinkle, I believe. So, you know, more success than Nebraska's had in the last 20 years as it relates to those things. They've been to the NCAA tournament uh, twice under Wayne Tinkle, who was previously the head coach at Montana, where they went to the NCAA tournament three times while he was, uh, while he was there. That's all the news that you ever wanted to know about Oregon State. Um Gary Payton's kid was on Tinkle's first uh, NCAA tournament team, as was his son, Trace Trinkle. Trey Trinkle. Doesn't make a difference. Probably the most notable Oregon State basketball alum, Gary Payton. Pretty sure. Pretty sure he is. You like Nebraska's chances in that one? I assume they're going to be favored. I don't know. What what, what does Ken Palm say? Ken Uh, Ken Palm has Nebraska. 
winning 72 to 63. Yeah. Which I I think that's fair. I think that's reasonable. Um, you know, there's definitely some talent with the Oregon State team, but they're also um I think they're a year or two away. Um oh uh, yeah, I think you know this is this is the kind of game, you know, I think Nebraska kind of built its roster to win, you know, at the, you know, early season neutral site, you know, it's a team that won't kind of have its routine thrown off any sort of that uh, stuff from, you know, playing in a different venue, different routine, different lead up to the game. Um, so yeah, I, I like Nebraska in this one by, you know, I think eight, eight to 10 points. So. Okay. Well, your first road trip take care of yourself up there yeah. wilds of sioux falls you just gotta make sure you don't uh get off the you know never know don't get off i-29 too fast <laughs> that's the interstate that uh that takes you to the fine area of sioux falls and the sanford pentagon you have to give us a full report on the throwback nature of that arena it seemed pretty cool to be honest yeah yeah um yeah, so, someone was, wasn't someone, wasn't there another game in there just uh, not too long ago? There's games in there every year. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. I think the most famous yeah. game played there, Gonzaga played there against Memphis in a year when I think both teams were really good. That was many years ago. So I don't really remember the, the context of that, but yeah, it's like an old school, it's like an old school gym, you know, like an yeah. auditorium style gym. Yeah, I've seen seen pictures of it. Nebraska beat or uh, Oklahoma State there handily a couple of years ago. So apparently Augustana plays there. Augustana yeah. College, which is in yep. NA. I don't know what I think they're in AI, right? Oh, they're they're D two. D two. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's their gym, and that's also where the uh they play in the uh NSIC, the Northern Sun Conference. And um that's where they have their conference tournament every year, too. Well, there you go. Fun stuff coming up with Nebraska and Creighton basketball. Um, you know, the Jays, I think we'll have a podcast, a brief one next week. The Jays play again this weekend. And then next week, they play uh, in Kansas City. I don't know what to tell you about that, those games. They're, they're playing Loyola, and then they're going to play either BC or Colorado State. Not sure they're going to struggle in any of those games. I think Iowa's a better team than all three of the teams I just mentioned. So I think they've had their early test, and then they'll they'll get a few more here uh, coming up. Okay, Wilson, enjoy Stony Brook tonight. Oh, for, I for Wilson, I'm Sam, and that's our half court press podcast.